0: So welcome, everyone, to this EPP Group talk on trade in the European Parliament here in Strasbourg. Uh, we are uh, talking about trade with two members of the EPP Group on the International Trade Committee, uh, anna Michelle Asimakapoulou uh, uh, from Greece. Uh, you are vice chair of the International Trade Committee, uh, and uh, Jürgen Warburn of Sweden. Uh, you were also a member of the International Trade Committee and also on the delegation for relations with Mercosur, because we want to talk about that uh, a potential trade deal, and on the delegation to China. That's also very interesting. So uh, lots to talk about EU as a trading powerhouse. That's how we exist. That is our, uh, how our economy is so heavily dependent on international trade. And we're aiming at, at more trade deals uh, coming up uh, with the U.S., with Latin America, with Asia. Uh, with uh, Australia. We want to talk to about as much of that as we can. That's how we stay competitive. That's how we create more jobs. Uh, but we also want to talk about uh, trade defense uh, as well. A um, couple of figures here, the European Commission that says that EU's exports in 2021 were 7.2 billion euros higher thanks to the removal of several trade uh, barriers. Um, and uh, on the other hand, though, we had a trade deficit last year, the biggest in at least 20 years, uh, and how do we fix that? A lot of that was, uh, of course, because of higher energy prices. Uh, How can we deal with that? How can we deal with also the critical raw materials gap that we have uh, here in Europe? Well, trade deals have to do with it. Let's talk about a bit of the yin and yang. Uh, First of all, about the benefits, uh, the benefits of more trade deals for the EU for jobs, South Korea, for example, uh, Anna Michelle uh, is touted as a uh, as an example of uh, a successful trade deal that, that brought us. Uh, it, it was uh, a win-win for both sure. countries, wasn't it?
1: I think we have to remember that you know 38 million jobs rely on are, on trade in the European Union. That's one in five, so that's that's a lot. And yeah. also, 94 percent of the EU companies exporting. Our SMEs. I don't need to explain to anybody. You Small know, this is the back. Yeah, this is yeah. the this is the backbone, backbone. of our economy. Right. So, um, so yeah, you know, we're trade is let's say the bread and butter of, mm. of our existence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would personally, and I I think I'm in good company today with my colleague. Uh, uh, Mr. Walborn, um, we're in favor of doing as many deals as possible.
0: I think one example, one important thing is critical raw materials, right?
1: Critical mar- raw materials is important because I think, I'm not sure people understand that this this digital and green transition... To make
0: our batteries. To, to make-, make
1: batteries, to make wind turbines. Yeah. Our cell phones, everything needs critical raw materials. Lithium is one of them for right. batteries, for example. So. We actually rely very, very heavily on basically one source for critical raw materials, and that's China. Yeah. But to give you an understanding of how trade can help, the EU imports, I think it's 24% of our critical raw materials from from so-called preferential trade partners, so partners we have special deals with. Right. But if we do this deal with Australia that we're pushing for, Mm. that'll be 46% just with one trade deal. Wow. Chile will help in that direction and a host of other
0: yeah so, okay let's, uh, let's talk about uh, then segueing into uh, Mercosur because uh, is Chile part of the Mercosur potential no, agreement it is no. not that's something else but anyway yeah. uh, let's let's talk about Mercosur because that's very much your sandbox Jorgen. Uh, how likely can we see a Mercosur agreement uh, a, after 20 years of talks uh, at, during this uh, Swedish
2: presidency rotating presidency of the EU? Yeah. This first half of the year. So first of all, to to the viewers, uh, the Mercosur is uh, Brazil. It's Argentina. It's Uruguay and Paraguay. So it's the four countries Um, they have. That's representing a market of 260 million consumers. And on the European Union side, approximately 450. Yeah. So if we finally succeed on concluding this free trade agreement as you said it, we have been negotiating for 20-plus years, then that would be the biggest free trade agreements with any partners. Mm. Uh, This, of course, is very important for creating jobs, uh, for increasing our prosperity. Will it happen within this legislative term? Yeah. Uh, I would say that is a stretch. Uh, We are currently in a negotiation situation once again. The stars, the stars seems to be aligned at the moment okay. with some elections um, having took place in, in Europe and some on the Mercosur side. So yeah. there is appetite for moving this forward at and, the moment. And
0: Brazil seems to be a bit more cooperative at the moment, right?
2: Yes. Uh, and I think the European Parliament has more appetite for uh, passing a uh, Mercosur trade deal as well, I would say. Uh, uh, it was more problematic during the Bolsonaro's Bolsonaro years uh, uh, when he was president. And there is a lot of other situations connecting to this as, w- as well. Of course, we have climate issues when it comes to uh, the Mercosur uh, Treatment yes. uh, t- Treaty. Uh, and we are trying to sort them out now through a u- unilateral, through a, a, a um, regulation here on the US, u- mm. u- u- EU side. Climate issues, do you mean with the... Meaning the deforestation, deforestation. Uh, yeah. uh, regulation. In Brazil So well. no product that comes from any kind of deforestation should be able to be placed on the European market. That means that we kind of have sorted that question out of the issue when it comes to Mercosur, which has been one of the criticizing parts. Okay,
0: what about, though, uh, there are uh, concerns from uh, French farmers that they might be, uh, you know, crushed by imports from uh, from Mercosur. How do we deal with that?
2: Well, um, I think if we go back to other free trade agreements that we have concluded, there have always been a lot of um, tension from farmers because yeah. they have viewed it as a, a negative from their point of view. But if you scrutinise them afterwards, you actually realise that for the farming sector, it's been beneficial. Okay. Because, of course, the competition will increase, but this treaty will also... These free trade agreements will also mean that French and European farmers get access to the 260 million people on the South American side and they can export and increase their export as well. So hmm. it has been proven that even though we've had a lot of reaction that the free trade agreements actually is beneficial for the farmers as well.
0: I think uh, a, a, another indication that their Mercosur might be having the stars aligned is that Olaf Scholz, the, the, the German chancellor, would like to see rapid progress on this agreement so I think that's an important
2: indication. Absolutely right? it is yeah. as well. Uh, and I, I think I, I think actually there would be a majority during this legislative term mm. but that means that we have to um, finalize the last uh, parts uh, that we are negotiating now. Yeah. And we have to speed up the process uh, to make sure that uh, this parliament can vote on it. Because you yeah. never know what will happen after the election. How will the composition of the parliament be? And what will be the appetite for free trade agreements after the election? That might
0: be kind of a reason for others to do a deal with the European Union when they know who's there, right? So they, there's yeah. that unpredictability after 2019. Yeah. Or 20, uh, sorry, 2024. 2024.
2: Um, and, and I think also there is, you know, there are some, there, on the Mercosur side, there are now they have issues saying that okay you have to speed up this from the european side european union side because right. otherwise i mean we uh, they argue that otherwise we might tend to trade with other partners more and yeah. they are mentioning china as one example right and once again to reduce the economic power of china we can do free trade agreements with other Parties like the Mercosur, and that would also solve what Anna-Michelle just mentioned when it comes to the critical raw materials, because we can source that from the Mercosur countries as well. So this is a truly win-win situation, both for EU um, citizens as well as for the South uh, American citizens.
0: Right. I guess, uh, you know, we've been talking about how how free trade can be win-win, but uh, there are also things that we need to work into the agreements or into how we trade to make sure that uh, we're getting a fair deal for our farmers, for our companies, for our consumers, for instance. Uh, and, um, and, there's, and there's one aspect, is the anti-coercion instrument uh, to in- ensure that we uh, were able to trade freely with certain countries. Um, that, that is something that I think there's been, Anna-Michelle, there's been an agreement between the parliament and the European Council, that's the, the, the heads of state, um, on this, can you tell let us me, about that?
1: Let me just try and give you like a, a sense of, um, you know, our party, the European People's Party, has always been pro free trade and pro trade agreements. When when I first started in this term, and this is my first term, the discussion in the international trade committee was, okay, you know, we're a powerhouse, a trade powerhouse, we have all these agreements. But you know, we need to make sure we protect our jobs. We need mm-hmm. to make sure we protect our farmers. We need to make sure that the peop- the, the partners we're trading with respect our value set. So yeah. in our trade agreements, we wanna have um, things about uh, f- labor provisions. Right. We want provisions about gender equality.
0: And environment. We right? want
1: provisions about environment. Yeah. Okay, that was the discussion. And then COVID happened. And all of a sudden we realized, Oh, my God, we don't have masks. And, oh, my God, we need, you know, we need medicine. And then Russia invaded Ukraine, and we were like, Oh, my God, you know, (laughs) we're being held hostage. And then a bunch of things happened Mm. that showed that trade is now being weaponized. And then we realized, oh, we need critical raw materials, and we're getting them all from China, you know. Uh And what are we going to do about that? So this has now shifted... And we're like, okay, well, maybe we should look at trade in a different light. And that is, there's the offense part of this, which is what Jorgen is just talking about, right. which is, let's do deals, let's do Mercosur, let's open up. And then there's the defense, which defense. is, like, let's not be held hostage. Yeah. And that's the anti-coercion instrument. That's like, you know, when when China says to, to uh, Lithuania, if you open an office for Taiwan, we're going to... Stop trading with you. Right. Oops, there's a problem, and the European Union has to use its power mostly as a deterrent. Okay, because the point is not to not to engage in trade wars. The point is to say, oh, wait a second. Right. We're not going to put up with this. Right. And that's the anti-coercion. Okay. Issue. And
0: how does how does this work? What I'm what I'm seeing here are the 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 provisions, the teeth in this thing. Yes. Include increased customs duties, sure. import or export licenses. Sure restrictions in the field of services or public procurement sure those are the key ones right? yeah
1: yeah I mean but it, but it's pretty much it's it's a bazooka okay. it, you know it's not a it's not a little
0: that you hope not to use
1: that you hope not to use yeah. but if you want something to be a deterrent yeah. then you make it a bazooka and that way you know <laughs> nobody messes with you and right. that's the point right the big the big point of con- bone of contention over this was who makes the decision when you pull the trigger or when you use this? And, of course, the commission wanted to do it. Of course, the parliament wants to have its say. And, of course, mm. the council, which are the the, the heads of state, Head are state. like, wait a second, you know, now this is, you know, this is serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We want to have a say. So we have found a balance which says, okay, the decision is going to be taken by the heads of state, okay. but with very, very sh- clear rules and reasons, and then the commission is going to implement right away and within there, set.
0: Are you talking about co-decision on this? No, no. not quite okay all right, but there are provisions that yes. they would have to observe uh, if there were such uh, abuses yes. by yes. another yes. trading partner. Yes. Um, can we talk any more about uh, uh, trade and investment relations with Taiwan? I think we have already I have led a, a really
1: I led a delegation of Inta to Taiwan. yeah uh, it was a really it was a really interesting experience not just because of the trade aspects of things I mean, Obviously, you know Taiwan is very important trading partner because microchips. of the microchips. Exactly, and and that's you know part of their national defense strategy because mm. everybody needs them for microchips. But for for them, it was also very symbolic that you know the European Union was there because they have their issues with China. Yep, and uh, you know it, they they took this as a as a support supportive measure and okay. the the European Parliament has taken a pretty clear position that we're in favor of this of a, a, of a bilateral investment agreement of something more closely related to Taiwan okay I'm not sure if that's going to materialize or not but certainly the Parliament is calling for it if not for just for trade reasons also for political and symbolic right uh, reasons but okay. Taiwan worries all of us now I think
0: yeah. Okay. For many
1: reasons, geopolitical and 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 trade-wise, okay, and um, and there's a there's European companies that have interests in Taiwan too. I mean, sure. wind turbines. The Dutch are in Taiwan, mm. they're having problems. So it's it, hmm. it's not an easy trading relationship, but it's uh-huh. a it's a very highly symbolic trading. Yeah, relationship.
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jürgen, um, can I can I touch on uh, EU UK and there's an EU UK trade deal in the. With the asia pacific that that has just been reached um, how does that impact our relations with the uk do we now see the uk as a competitor in that region because of that
2: trade deal you know i think we should uh, view the uk as a partner um, and we uh, i mean this is in relationship to china as well we must see that we cooperate a lot with the UK. We've had our issues with the UK since, since Brexit, of course. Yeah. Hopefully, we can see that they are left behind. Remember that UK is one of the, our biggest trading partners yeah, as indeed. well.
0: Yeah. So Not to forget. we,
2: we uh, of course, we have to have close partnerships with them, and I think we should increase our trade and cooperation with the UK in a number of issues. Hmm. Um, we also need, uh, when it comes to China, an autocracy which uh, uses, uh, intervenes in the market, not at all as uh, European and the UK uh, system or the US system, uh, more market-based and uh, open and rules-based system. China is a different animal when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a lot of partners to make sure that we decrease the economic powers of China because we do not know what they will use that power to. Uh, And therefore, also, we have to have free trade agreements with Australia, New Zealand. Uh, We are starting, uh, having started discussions with India. Mm. I think that will be extremely important in the future. I cannot see that we will conclude that in the short uh, uh, time frame. But eventually, uh, if we end up with a free trade uh, agreement with India, that would be very, very, very important for European unions and for the entire um, area.
0: Can I raise another issue on, on on trade defenses, and that is what's uh, working its way uh, through the through the parliament uh, uh, this week is uh, the carbon border adjust, adjustment mechanism, uh, in other words, uh, some kind of a tariff on companies that import uh, things that do not uh, conform to our uh, environmental and and, and carbon um, e- emission uh, regulations. Um, what do you think about that, Anna Michelle? Is uh, is that a Is that not a a form of protectionism that some might say?
1: You know, there's a fine line between protection and protectionism. So um, in the EPP, I think our position on this and the comments we've made, because we want to make sure it conforms to international law. We want to make sure that it doesn't hurt our exports. We want to make sure, Mm. you know, it it doesn't hurt our industry instead of that it helps us ultimately. Um, I, it, think, it I think I think we're lef- finding
0: a level, it's a level playing field. Sure,
1: I sure. Right. I think we're finding that balance um, at the moment. But okay. you know, if I were to say something about C- CBAM, it's complicated. <laughs> you know, it's not a black and white thing. Uh, um,
0: okay. So. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, Could so I add? Because sure. I
2: think from the Parliament side, we have been very clear on the position that it has to comply with WTO rules the World Trade Organization rules. Okay. Meaning that it cannot be protectionism. Yeah. Protectionists. So, um, this means that it is not there to protect European businesses. We like competition. We like our consumers to have choices from, of course, European businesses. I would like to have a lot of competitiveness when it comes to European businesses. But I welcome also that other countries could sell and their products to our consumers, if we have very strong rules when it comes to climate issues to make sure that we uh, meet the challenge of the climate, that will cost our European businesses more money. Yeah, absolutely. And if the other countries do not have the same rules, then we apply this uh, tariff.
0: But is there a danger that that could be challenged in the World Trade Organization? I would
2: say so. I would say there is a danger, but I, we, uh, Parliament has asked for that. It should absolutely be WTO compatible. Mm. Mm. If it is, well, some, it first has to be challenged, and you have to go through the uh, dispute settlement system to make sure that it is or not. Okay. Uh, but the Commission says that this is this this comply. Okay, good. Uh, but I've understood that other uh, member states of the WTO they are more hesitant to that. So. Let's see in the future. I hope sure. it is. Uh, we have to meet the climate uh, uh, challenge. And uh, hopefully this is one of the ways. And maybe it will spur interest from other uh, economic uh, trading partners to change their economic, their climate policies as well in a Indeed. way that we actually solve the, yeah. the climate issue.
0: It shows leadership. Um, yeah. Let's uh, try to wrap this up with what's next, uh, especially between now and uh, July. Uh, during the Swedish presidency, what do you uh, hope for uh, to see in terms of trade deals?
2: Well, I think the realistic trade deal that we could uh, finalize is the New Zealand uh, Zealand. trade deal. Uh, And what
0: concretely, why is that important to us? In terms of well it is,
2: it is important uh, for, uh, for a number of reasons it is to increase our market it is once again the area in New Zealand Australia in, in the China mm. uh, thinking is important and it is important uh, to increase the possibility and facilitates for businesses European businesses to do business in, in New Zealand as well. yeah there is a strong climate uh, chapter here as well Good. so from that point of view it is important. Then, of course, uh, New Zealand isn't uh, one of our biggest markets, but still it is an important uh, trading partner. And we should uh, make sure that we can make it as easy as possible to trade uh, from both point of view. OK, and I don't hear you saying Mercosur, you say, but you hope. Well, for... I mean, between now and the uh, end, end of June, I mean, it. it I don't problem. see maybe they will conclude the negotiations, but we will not be able to... Ratify it well, in, the, right. in the parliament or yeah. say yes or no because there is legal scrubbing, time. there is translation, it takes time. Yeah, uh, Maybe before the end of this legislative period, but then that is, we have to push it from the parliament so that the commission really um, fast track uh, yeah. the Mercosur. Then it could be done.
0: Okay, I'd say that's worth a tweet with a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Anna Michelle, well, uh, I'd it like up. to what's, see, what's, what's e- e- yeah.
1: e- even though. I agree with, you know, and I'd like to be optimistic and say maybe by the end of the term we can get Chile done. But, I mean, really, if we can't do a deal with New Zealand, I mean, and Australia, who Hmm. can we do a deal with? I mean, these are, you know, these are like-minded partners completely. Right. But um, I'd like to make one last comment about the, the U.S. relationship because that's, you know, that's been sort of troubled with the IRA, with the Inflation Reduction Act lately. Yeah. But um, the, subsidy,
0: the green subsidies. Yes, that they the have, green
1: subsidies exactly. Which we have
0: too, here. Which we have Europe. too.
1: Yes, 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 yes. But they made a deal with Japan recently on critical raw materials, and uh, oh. I'm very hopeful that after President von der Leyen's recent visit and her discussion with with Joe Biden, nobody really knows exactly the contours of this. But there's a very there's a sense, and my my most recent visit to Washington confirmed that that mm. we could maybe work out some sort of critical raw materials deal, okay. which you know i would be in favor for a much bigger deal this is our biggest trading partner our biggest relationship but i understand there's not a big amount of appetite for that right now so i'd right. be i'd be very happy to see that as a as a very positive sign in our
0: relationship okay, right yeah and michelle Juergen, thank you so much and thanks to all for joining us on this uh, discussion on uh, international trade uh, keep in mind at epp group and eppgroup.eu for further information on that and other Issues. My name is Chris Burns. See you next time.